2: Good. Sorry. Pasta and meatballs been overtaken by steak and, and potatoes. All right. Meat and potatoes. No, 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 steak and potatoes. You know what I mean. Steak
0: and potatoes. I think it's. I think it's cannabis and Captain Morgan. Ooh, uh, man. Right.
2: I do like that more. You're right.
1: <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's my, it's my Friday, it's my Friday, it's my Friday. It's cannabis and uh, vodka, okay, just so you know. That's what I'll be doing. Tonight. I know, yeah. I
0: know, but it sounds better. It does, it's got alliteration. Right. Cannabis right. and Captain Morgan. Right. And don't fall off the beanbag chair and dislocate your hip this Friday.
2: Man, I I mean, if anybody's wondering, like, why I'm wiggling around during the show and stuff, it's because, yeah, my right mic is bringing it up. Uh, so Thursday night, I mean, hey, let's, let's, be, let's be transparent here. I just was like getting high from smoking my blunt. Okay. And I rolled off the damn beanbag and I've been having hip problems as you know, but I'm letting the audience know. And my hip, like they, they tell me they think it either dislocated for a second or it just locked up to such a point. Like I had a pinched nerve and I ended up going to the emergency room cause my leg was going numb and I was afraid I was losing circulation in my leg. So Uh, I'm hoping for a better Thursday night because that was a total, total buzzkill last week. Holy shit.
0: I would just love to see, and I'm glad you're doing better, and I'm sorry you went through that pain and suffering, but I would love to see footage of ridiculously high, (laughs) but also an incredible excruciating pain, Chris Sims in the waiting room. At the hospital oh. interacting with the other people in the waiting room. Yeah. That what, would be yeah. gold. There wasn't much
2: interaction. I was so miserable. I couldn't do it. I was I was trying to watch the game on my phone, right? And just like keep track of that. But I was in the you know, Mike, I mean I'm sure you've been in pain like this before too, where you're just like I can't find a position to, like, relieve the, the pressure. and uh, So that was annoying. But um, yes. it's all right. Here we go. Let's get after it. I love your jersey, man. You're looking cool, hey, man.
0: Well, this is hey, if Matt Nagy is allowed to wear his favorite Monsters of the Midway hoodie multiple times in a given week, I'm wearing mine. This is my favorite hoodie by far. I was a huge Chuck Foreman fan growing up. He was one of my first favorite players. He sells these hoodies that have the number and the name. It's awesome. It's comfortable. It really is. And uh, I I wear it more than I should. It is a little bit gamey at this point from the standpoint of overuse. I should throw it in the wash. It's my lucky, lucky hoodie, though. I, I wore it last week when I came up with my picks, and it worked out very well relative to how we've been doing 10 and six straight up 10 and six against the spread two and one best bets I beat you in all three categories last week I currently lead straight up we're tied against the spread you got a two-game lead in the best bets, so it's getting interesting
2: yeah it is I'm I'm disappointed I went on a limb too many times last week I'm disappointed in myself that's really where I screwed myself over and uh you know I, I don't expect to have like the best record versus the spread but I do want to beat you in straight up and the best bets so uh, I'm a little pissed off that you've uh, taken over the lead there. It's uh, driving me crazy here. So let's go. Screw
0: your Chuck Foreman jersey. I'm coming at you today. <laughs> and let me just say this. I'm so competitive about the best bets that I will root against a pick that I've already made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's one of your best bets. I know bets you will. And not one of mine. I know you will. I will root against that even though it, it otherwise hurts my overall average. All right. Thursday Night Football. L.A. Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, 9-1 and one on Thursday night. Shows up in primetime, leading the league in passer rating north of 129. You've already tipped your hand on yeah. this. You're picking the Rams tonight. I am. I'm picking the Rams.
2: I, I just have no faith in the Seahawks' defense. Listen, I respect the Seahawks. I know they play hard. Uh, I guess the one area I look at, can the Seahawks just like regularly gash the Rams' run defense? If they can do that, Then they have a chance to win the game, certainly. But I got to think, you know, the Rams have enough talent in the secondary, a good defensive coach in Raheem Morris, that I think they'll be able to, you know, match up with some of the simplicity of the Seahawks' pass game and load the box a little bit at the same time. So I go advantage Rams there. And the other side of the ball – you know, the Seahawks, yeah, they play hard. They're going to put a lot of people at the line of scrimmage, discourage you from running, but this is a different animal. I mean, the Rams can run it. They're not like the best run team, but they can, and they're not afraid to be consistent with it. Um, and then, of course, Matt Stafford in that offense. I just think it's too much for the Seahawks. I really do. I'm going Rams 31-21, Mike.
0: I, I, uh, you're letting, you're going I am going to ride – I'm gonna ride the hot hand. I'm gonna let Russ keep cooking. It's stunning that they're only two and two, and I think the fact that they're looking at two and three and the basement for now of the NFC West against a Rams team that is three and one, this is a huge game. This is a critical game. And the Rams went into Seattle last year with no fans and beat the Seahawks in the wild card round. That's something that the Seahawks surely remember remember robert woods was on with this and he said how he threw the football up into the 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 Seahawks family area at the stadium after he scored a touchdown they they understand this is a real rivalry they don't want to lose at home to the rams again especially with the 12th man present i'm going 31-28 Ooh. that may defy all analytics and analysis yeah. i don't care i believe in russell wilson tonight thursday night Big game, big stage. Maybe the Rams outplay them all game long like the 49ers did. Yeah. But the Seahawks win. By the way, the Rams two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road with an over-under of fifty four and a half. a So we disagree already. We disagree on the first game out of the gates. Yeah. I like it. Let's do it. Sunday morning, literally, hello, London. It's the Jets. It's the Falcons with Atlanta, the three-point favorite in their home game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with an over-under of 46. 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Get up and watch a game Who do you think will win that game between the Jets and the Falcons? I think the Jets are a better football team. I I, I really do. You know, I I don't think that highly
2: of the Atlanta Falcons team and I I look at this as as definitely like a a coin toss type of football game. Definitely. And I think the one thing that like I want to take the Jets. I do. I think the Jets can the Jets, um, you know, defensively very good. They are. And I don't think like if there's a weakness to their defense, it's the, the the run game, Atlanta can't run the ball. So uh, from that aspect, I like the Jets. I think what the one thing that I'm, I'm trying to get to that scares me a little bit is I don't know if I trust Zach Wilson all the way yet. You know, something I said on my podcast this week, Zach Wilson's being asked to do more than any other quarterback out of the rookies, in my opinion, D- degree of difficulty-wise. You know, Mac Jones may be mentally being asked to do more with all the plays that the Patriots run, but when you break down the plays they ask Zach Wilson to make, it's 20-yard out. It's 30-yard crosser. It's 40-yard go route. They ask him to make a lot of big plays, and that does scare me. But I think at at just – I'm going to go to – The root of it, I think the Jets are a better football team. I think last week is going to give Zach Wilson some confidence and momentum, and I'm going to go with the Jets winning this one, 23-20, like a last-second field goal to win the football game. It's not going to be my best bet. I don't feel that good about it. Like I said, it's coin toss.
0: I'm with you on this one. I like the Jets to win. I think what they did last week, beating the Titans, gives them confidence. It gets them to buy in a little bit more deeply into the program that Robert Saleh is trying to institute there with the Jets. Zach Wilson showing some of the potential that made him the second overall pick. The Falcons, I think, will give them a game. I've got 34-31. I hope it's an exciting high-scoring game on a Sunday morning that we all can enjoy, but I like the Jets to win this one and get to 2-3, and three, which will be amazing when you consider how bad they looked week 2 against the Patriots, week 3 against the Broncos. The prospect of getting a two-game winning streak going. I, and, and I said all along, Jets fans, all you want this year is something that gives you reason to believe that next year you can be contenders. And we got the first taste of it on Sunday. Against the Titans, I think we get the second taste of it this following Sunday in London. Hello, London and everyone else in the UK and in Ireland. The Jets win 34-31. All right, let's pivot to the Early afternoon window, 1 o'clock Eastern. Philadelphia Eagles at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers only three-and-a-half-point favorites yeah. against the Eagles who have been overmatched of late with an over-under of 45. I'm already smelling a little best bet here because I believe in the Panthers. Chris, do you? I do. You know I do. And it's. Uh, I'm surprised to
2: see that right here as I look at it. I have not looked at the, the spreads. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going Carolina 28-17. I think Carolina is a very well-balanced football team. I really look at it and go, hey, they were there. They weren't outclassed last week. They made mistakes. They had a few bad breaks, bad calls, a fumble that should have been a fumble, but they called forward progress for some reason. I don't know what the deal was there. But I think Sam Darnold week by week has gotten better. You know, they can run the football. Um, the The Eagles are not great on-run defense. I think there's a great balance within the Carolina offense. I don't know what what the status is with McCaffrey. I know he got out there a little yesterday, but the other thing too is I just think the world of the uh, Panthers defense, and I don't think there's that much to defend with this Eagles offense overall, and I'm going to go Panthers
0: 28-17, like I said. Same page with you across the board. Shaq Thompson also banged up this week for the Panthers, but I just believe that the Eagles... Hey, they should be proud of what they did against the Chiefs. Sure. They should be. They hung in there. But I just don't think the Eagles are ready to compete with a team like the Panthers. And the Panthers are going to want to get back on the right foot after losing a game in Dallas where they were they were in it, but ultimately outclassed by a yeah. better Cowboys team. They need to start building. And I think they get a boost psychologically from the decision to trade for Stephon Gilmore. That is something that tells the players... The organization currently believes in you as legitimate contenders. We're willing to do this. We're willing to make this move. We're willing to try to go all in here. And I like them to win 31 to 24 at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, the Green Bay Packers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals getting a couple of extra days to get ready. Joe Burrow showing a level of maturity. And intelligence that you don't see in a second-year quarterback normally. Changing plays, winning games that way. Three-point underdog at home against Aaron Rodgers and company with an over-under of 51 per points bet. 86% of the handle on the spread bets on the Green Bay Packers. I suspect you believe the Packers will win, although maybe you'll surprise me. Do you think they cover if you also believe they win?
2: Well, I'm 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 surprised I thought Green Bay was going to be favored by more than three points. I'm not gonna lie. I, I got the Packers winning a three point game, but this would be a game that I would go if there's upsets to happen this week in the NFL, this would be one I would like, you know, at least put a star next to to go, I think this excuse me. I think this could possibly happen. I do. You know, I think the Bengals offense you know, has some, has the ability to execute consistently. Like we saw in the second half last week, we saw it a little bit against the Steelers the week before there's pretty good balance, you know, and then the defense, you know, I think is, is pretty damn good too. They can do a little bit of everything. They cause turnovers. They can cover people. They can get after the quarterback a little bit. So I had the Packers winning 27, 24. Of course, I don't want to go with the push here. So um, but I want the Bengals to cover, so I'm going to kind of change my score. All the, I don't want to go 27-25. I'm going to go 28-27, all right? Packers, I'm going to go something like that. Or should I go 24-23? What do you like? Uh, what sounds? 28-27? Okay, so that that's how I look at it. But I do think, you know, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow are going to make a few plays. I like the way the Bengals are coached on that defensive side of the ball, and I think they can make this game very interesting for sure.
0: I got the Packers 30-23. to 23. The Packers have hit a groove. They can't afford to step into a pothole after winning three in a row. The Bengals are a dangerous opponent, and I think the fact that the Bengals have been so good gives the Packers even greater incentive to not just assume it's the same old Bengals. The Browns is the Browns, that kind of thing. They're not going to go in there with any level of complacency, like maybe the Vikings did week one, thinking they were just going to show up and blow the doors off the Bengals. The Packers know going in they're going to get themselves a game. I think it will be a close game. But even if it's close in the fourth quarter, I could see the Packers winning the game by seven. I think the spread is too small here, and it's under consideration by me to be a best bet. Only three points. I may stay away from it because of getting burned by picking the Vikings to cover week one with a similar Margin, But I've got 30 to 23. We'll see how that plays out. Now, here's a much larger margin, not the biggest spread of the week, but nine points. The Patriots favored to win in Houston against a Texans team that got blown off the field by the Bills in week four over under 39 and a half. That is a low over under for a nine point spread. Who do you like? In this one, Chris. Well, I like the Patriots. I do. I think it is going to be a low scoring,
2: a low scoring affair. Um, You know, the one thing is, you know, Houston has, you know, we've talked about this before, an offensive staff that runs the New England offense to a degree. I do think that helps them a little bit with the rules of the Patriots offense. But I think ultimately what I just get back to is I don't have any faith in the Houston's offense right now under uh, the Texans' offense under Davis Mills. I don't. And I think this Patriots defense is is real, like we saw last week. It's one of the five best defenses in the game, and I don't think they've even played their best football yet. So, hey, the problem with the Patriots is it just it seems like they haven't got the run game going, and every drive has to be 10 plays, 63 yards for them to score points or something of that nature. I'm going Patriots 20-13. to 13. Uh, Nine points a little too much for me, but mm, I could see wow. you're going different.
0: Yeah, I've got 34-7. I think the Patriots, this is a get-right game for them. This is an extra little bit of oomph for Bill Belichick to stick it to Nick Casario, give him the business a little bit, and the, the Patriots need to establish something. After going one and three to start the season, they need a convincing win to prepare for some bigger challenges to come, including a home game against the Cowboys that is on the horizon. That if they lose, they'll be zero and four at home. Are you kidding me? So they have to do something big here. They have to make a statement. Thirty-four to seven would be a statement, especially after the Bills just beat the Texans forty to nothing. I think Belichick is not going to have a letdown. I think there's a lot of positive that comes out of the Sunday night loss to the Buccaneers, and they're going to use that against the Texans. And I look at it this way. Has there ever been, all due respect to David Culley, but he shouldn't be an NFL head coach. There was no other team that was even considering him. He wasn't on anyone's radar screen. Has there ever been a bigger gap between two head coaches in any game in NFL history than Bill Belichick and David Culley? I suspect that the answer is no. No, probably not. I, I
2: think you make some points there.
0: You know, I the Houston defense... But I will say this. Yeah. I will say this. David Culley would fly back with his team after a Thursday night. A hundred percent. Bam,
2: there's the first one on this show. Bam, that's the first one. What'd you get, like three or four shots in today on PFT? Some funny jokes there. So, yeah, I, that, I expect more to come. I hope so. Uh, I, I think the Houston defense... Is a little better than you're giving it credit for. That's the one thing I'll, I'll just would fight back on you there. And like I said, yeah, I they just think- really
0: they really stifled the Bills last week. Well,
2: it was their offense that gave them issues. I, I mean, it really was. And of course, it was bad weather and a, and a bunch of other stuff there too. But uh, I, I hear you. We'll see. I'll, I'll be interested to see how
0: that one unfolds. As I said in the PFT Power Rankings, it rained so much in Buffalo last week, Jack Easterby actually thought he could walk on water. All right, Tennessee at Jacksonville with an over-under of 48.5. The Titans a a 4.5-point favorite against the woeful Jaguars, who are one loss away from becoming only the third team in NFL history to lose 20 in a row. All of the stuff that's going on with Urban Meyer. Ninety-one percent of the handle against the spread is on the Titans giving four and a half. Chris, who do you like? I, I like the Titans, of course. I, you know, I, I do worry. Like, you know,
2: what's the injury status? Like, did I the Julio Jones practice yesterday, right? Or was a participant limited participant?
0: Yeah, so I that, don't. I don't know. That'll change
2: Maybe. my. That'll change my thought a little bit as far as the health of the wide receivers for. For Tennessee, I mean, uh, I thought that hurt them last week in the Jets. The Jets aren't great at corner, and they they weren't unable to kind of expose them on the outside with any great one-on-one matchups to take advantage of that. But between the Jags' week, all the distractions, everything there, and I think that if you're gonna beat the Titans. You got to beat them with the passing game, and I just don't think the Jaguars' passing game is is up to that task yet. I don't. Uh, I, I you know. And and uh, Trevor Lawrence, of course, looks good. I understand that, um, but uh, I I I just think this is a game the Titans get back on track, and with Jacksonville and everything they're doing there, I just have no faith in them. I'm going 24-17,
0: uh, Titans. There's a certain point where the amount of criticism levied against Urban Meyer could cause the players to, to maybe together. say, "Right, yeah." But how? But how? This isn't like, yeah, it's it's all self-inflicted. I don't know that they can turn this around and muster what they need to muster after everything that's gone on this week. Their head coach abandoned his post. And if they do win, it will be because they rallied in response to the indignity inflicted upon them by their coach for crying out loud. I don't think they're going to be ready to go. I don't think that they're going to be able to hang with the Titans and the Titans got a wake up call last week. If they want to be contenders, they can't screw around with a team like no, the jets. No, no, and, and and so I, I think the Titans – and I think Mike Vrabel will take particular delight in overpowering an Urban Meyer coach team. They work together. And there's something floating around the internet where they had some altercation. I don't know that that was ever substantiated when he was at Ohio State. But there's probably a little something there between Vrabel and Meyer. And Vrabel, who knows Belichick well and yeah. has seen Meyer operate, probably doesn't have a lot of respect for the way Meyer runs a football program, if what we've seen so far in Jacksonville is any indication. Yeah, right. I think Vrabel – I think Vrabel is going to be ready to stick it to him. I got thirty to ten. The Titans win that game. So yeah. you're picking. I'm just make sure. I just want to make sure of this. I'm giving you a chance to put your hand back on the checker. You're picking the. Ja- oh no, you're not picking the Jags. The cover. It's only four and a half. How is it only four and because a half? Because the Titans let up too many big plays in the pass game every week. That's where I was going to go. Like if the
2: Jaguars are going to keep this closer and win. It's going to be because of Trevor Lawrence and him making plays. I think that's that's where the Titans are just scary in my opinion. Like I agree with everything you said, but every week. You know, people move the ball on them throwing the football. And I think that's what's a little scary. And, and there are some weapons in Jacksonville. I, I would think that's is thinking. So we'll, we'll see where that goes.
0: Well, they don't have DJ Chark. He's out. No, for I know. A while. That's a big uh, loss. All right. Next game on the docket the Lions at the Vikings. According to points bet, the line opened at 7.5. It has risen to 9.5. The Vikings, a huge favorite over the Lions, who are winless. And Jared Goff, 0 11 with a head coach not named Sean McVay. He's going for his first win ever with another coach. And the last time the Vikings and Goff got together, Goff torched the Vikings on a Thursday night, had a better team around him. Chris, who do you like in this? Well, I definitely like the Vikings. I
2: I thought about going
0: big with the Vikings
2: here. For the simple fact, the Lions can't stop the run, all right? So there's that issue. And when you can't stop the run against Dalvin Cook and company, that's trouble, let alone now that's going to make them commit of the box, and now Justin Jefferson and Thielen are going to be one on one, and there's no great corners in in Detroit that can cover those guys. So that that's where it scares it scares me. I'm shocked that it is nine and a half. I did not think it would be that high, but I'm going Vikings 34 20 I do think they're going to have their way and be able to march the ball up and down the field on this Detroit Lions defense for sure. And well Vikings defense, you know, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's solid. And I don't think it's going to be like the toughest breakdown in the world for Mike Zimmer and company to to slow down the Lions offense. 31-17
0: Thirty-one seventeen is the score I have. Zimmer is going to want to stick it to Goff, even though it's three years later. And, again, he doesn't have the weapons that Goff had in L.A. The Vikings, as you said, they're going to be able to run the ball, whether it's Dalvin Cook, who didn't practice on Wednesday with that lingering angle injury. He says he'll play if if he can't go. Alexander Madison had over 100 yards in Week 3 in the win they got over the Seahawks. I think the Vikings will be fine. They get to 2-3, and three and then they... They, they get a test in Carolina to see if they can get the 500. Yeah. All right, Denver at Pittsburgh. The Steelers a one-point favorite at home against the Broncos, who lost last week by 16 to the Ravens, over under at 39-and-a-half. Do the Steelers get their first home win of the season after losing two in a row? I do. I mean,
2: I'm, I was disappointed today to hear you on, uh, on the show that you were going to go with Steelers, too, because uh, I thought maybe that would be a, a game. This might be a game that I could make up against you. But – I guess, you know, the desperation of the Steelers, I, I, that's a real thing in the NFL. I mean, this is a huge game for them. They really they can't afford to lose this. You go one and four, you know, you're in, in big trouble, little China, and you, you're going to be out of the playoff race, certainly out of the AFC North race. Uh, but, you know, also, and I think you've heard me say this, I've been a little underwhelmed with Denver's offense. I, I can't lie. You know, they feasted on the poor a little bit. They have. You know, they haven't run the ball great. Right, I know they had a big run against the Giants that like inflated their stats. And for as talented as they are at the wide receiver position, in there, you know, Jerry Judy's injury hurts them. KJ Hamler got hurt, and now it's not as talented, and they haven't been making as many plays in the passing game. Um, so because of that, I'm going Steelers
0: 1917. Did you make kind of a quick reference to the 1986 film? Starring Kurt Russell, known as Big Trouble in Little China. I is did. Is that what you did? Yeah, I did. I did.
2: I did make that reference. I didn't know where it was from. I couldn't remember, like, and now that, I, yes. Uh, so, yes, I don't even know why. I say that phrase often, and I don't know why I do. And oh, Pete's saying, that, I do. He goes, you do say that For a anyone
0: lot. who wonders what the hell Chris is talking about when he says Big Trouble, Little China, it is that Kurt Russell <laughs> film, and you can get all the information you need to know about that movie on uh Google Wikipedia, and I'm sure you can watch it out there somewhere. All right, I I think that the Steelers win this game. This is just one of those where they have to have it. This is a Mike Tomlin, we have to have it game. And they gave the Packers more of a game than I thought they would, even though the Packers covered. Thankfully, that was one of my best bets last week. But I think that this is one they have to get because they got the Seahawks coming to town on Sunday night. They better get their act or a different word, together quickly, or they're gonna be one and five just like that, going into their bye week. I, I, I just think that this is a this is a game that the Steelers have to win and they will win. And this is based on my fifty years of being around Pittsburgh and in Pittsburgh and knowing how the Steelers react in a situation like this. This is a game they win, and it may be a best bet for me. Twenty-three seventeen. Miami Dolphins at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ten point favorites, biggest biggest spread of the week. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 48 is the over-under. Chris, do you like Tommy to not follow his big win in New England with a loss at home to the Dolphins and Browns? No
2: fans? way, no way. I, I can't pick the Dolphins, not with the way their offense has looked the last few weeks or really the whole year. I mean, there's just nothing to get behind there. And, and it, you know, if there's a weakness to Tampa Bay, we saw maybe, you know, the banged-up corner position. They're not the same there. But, like, you're not going to be able to run the ball in Tampa. Nobody can. It doesn't – you're wasting your time. And then, you know, they don't have the offense that's going to take advantage of the undermanned Bucks Bucs uh, defensive backfield. And then on the other side, listen, I got a lot of respect for the Dolphins' defense. I do think the Dolphins' defense is much better than statistically how it appears. You know, again, it's one of those, you know, things we talk about a lot. When the offense is just crap, 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 you know the defense can only hold so long before some leaks start to pop through and they're worn out and they're on the field and now they take a chance maybe they don't want to take cuz they realize oh, our offense stinks we might have to try to make a play with our defense here let me call this defense a call even though we could get gash so uh, there's just too many things going on there and I'm going bucks 28-17 mike
0: yeah, I've got the Bucks in this one, 34-21. I just don't see the Buccaneers following that game on Sunday with any lack of focus. They have got to keep winning. They lost that game in L.A. in a convincing fashion that I think was their wake-up call, and now they've gotten past that Week 4 game that was so much of a focal point, had that kind of mini Super Bowl feel to it. They can get back to taking care of business yeah. the normal way. They got a lot of injuries on defense, and that's not good, but they're fortunate they're they're playing a team that doesn't have the high-level passing game that can really test them the way that a team could. I, I like thirty-four twenty-one the Buccaneers, to win the game. All right, last game in the 1 o'clock window. And this is a, a – we talked about this earlier. Both teams 2-2, two and two, the Saints and Washington. You don't know which Saints team is going to show up. Washington is underachieved. The Saints are a one-point favorite at FedEx Field, 44 and a half over under. Chris, who do you like in this? Well, I'm, I'm, I, to me, this is, this is one where I look at and I think the point spread's too low.
2: I really do. You know, there's, uh, the Saints are better football team, in my opinion, hands down. I still, listen, I maybe want to see a little bit more consistency with the passing game, but we saw that last week. Jameis Winston didn't play bad last week. Definitely not. You know, and, and really where I think the Saints lost the game last week, and I'm hoping they don't make the same mistake this week, is they, just, they went for the kill on the defensive side too much. You know, the, have a little more faith in your defensive front. You know, you heard me say today on Pro Football Talk, a few times in, in the Giants game, they crowded the line of scrimmage like they were playing, like, the 1993 Cowboys and Emmitt Smith and the greatest offensive line ever invented. And I want to go, what? what are you doing? The Giants can't run the ball. Well, what are we trying to do? Obliterate them completely? Or are you trying to get the Giants back in the football game? So I think if they trust their front – and play a little bit more of the defensive style they played against the Green Bay Packers where they went, you know, we, we got to see you run the ball on us first before we bring safeties down and do that. Uh, I, I think the Saints will win the football game. And, you know, the Washington defense, you know, this is fourth week in a row or third week in a row. They stink. They, I don't know any other way to say it. They're not very good at stopping the run. They're not very good at stopping the pass. There's nothing good or positive to
0: take from them right now. So I go Saints 28-21. I got twenty-seven, twenty-one, and I've already typed it in, so I'm not copying your vibe at all here. I think the Saints do win this game. I think the right Saints team shows up. And if they are going to be a high-level contender this year, now is the time to start winning games. We see them struggle early in a season. We've seen it pretty much every year the last four or five years where they'll lose a game. Where we're like, what the hell? What's wrong with the Saints? Yeah. I, I think it's time for them to start working toward being the team that sean payton needs them to be we need to break when we return the late afternoon games for week five including what may be the most exciting browns chargers matchup in the history of their series we'll discuss those games next on this joint edition of pftpm and chris sims Unbutton presented by underarm
1: around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
0: BFTPM, Chris Sims, Unbutton, presented by Under Armour, the weekly joint Mega Picks podcast. Four PM Eastern games, technically four oh five for some, four twenty five for others. Cleveland and the Chargers. The Chargers really hot right now, three and one, only have one loss on the season. The Browns also three and one, losing week one and winning three in a row. The Browns uh, are a one point underdog. In L.A. with a 47-point over-under. Chris, who do you like? Well, I like the Browns. I do. Uh, I'm not going to say
2: I feel overly confident about it. I, I don't. I look at this as a coin toss game, and I'm not picking this as my best bet either. You know, I I, uh, I think the first thing that just scares me is Baker Mayfield. I mean, listen, I, I don't know what, what – what, like, the first few weeks he played great. He was very under control. Every ball that left his hand was on the money perfect spiral. And then the last two weeks, it's gotten back to, let me, let me throw it as hard as I can. I mean, watch his motion the last two weeks. It's like, ah! I mean, his head moves everywhere. I want to go, how do you even focus on the target the way you're throwing the ball? Like, I, that makes no sense. Why are you reaching back to throw the ball 175 miles per hour? Like, that I don't understand. So I'm, I'm going to play the, that he gets it straight a little bit this week, and I'm just going to play the fact that uh, the Chargers are not a good run-stopping team, and the Browns are the best running team in football. So I look at it from that standpoint, and as long as Baker just doesn't totally shit the bed, uh, I think they'll move the ball. Yep, hello. Don't shit the bed, Baker, okay? And then the other side, I just go, uh, the Chargers, you know, I know that offense is tough, but ever since week one, that Browns defense is tough too. Now they've feasted on some below-average offenses. This is going to be a different animal for sure. But the one thing I'll say about the Chargers – You know, we'll see if they can run the ball. It was encouraging last week. But, man, the Browns' defense is just, it's so fast. They play downhill. Jeremiah Wusukoromo was amazing. You know, Miles Garrett's amazing. Pretty good corners on the outside. And one thing I haven't seen from the Chargers yet is they run a lot of the right plays versus the right coverages. But I don't think they stretch the field quite enough. I think they're actually doing a little bit of an injustice to their own football team by not pushing the ball down the field and just backing people off. And if they don't do that, then that's an advantage Browns to me because now they can just play fast and aggressive and be around all those five- and eight-yard throws all the game long. I'm going to go Browns in a close one, 27-24.
0: I got the Chargers in this one, 30-23. I just believe in them overall right now. And you mentioned Baker Mayfield. You know, the problem is he shit the bed in week two when he decided to try to make a tackle after an interception and messed up his left shoulder. That could There's be There's reporting too. now that he has a partially torn labrum in the left shoulder. He's wearing a harness while he plays. He's compensating for that left shoulder that as he's trying to build the torque necessary to throw the football. That's why his play has fallen off. So... I don't see that getting any better. His connection with Odo Beckham Jr. has not been good. He's holding the ball a little bit longer than he should. Remember, that's the danger. You got to get the ball to OBJ. So what do you do? You stare him down a little bit more than you should, and then he can't connect with him, and it's not good. They need Jarvis Landry back, and they they need to just accept that if you want to get OBJ involved, get some design runs. Get some bubble screens. Don't try to force it to him down the field. So I think the Chargers win this game. The Chargers are making their move. They get to 4-1. and one, They win the game 30-23. to 23. Mike, let me just
2: say one more thing about that. I mean, baker, Baker's baker been open. I mean, Odell's been open. I, mean, I, I don't know what Baker's looking at sometimes. And I don't know how closely you watched the game last week against Minnesota. But, I mean... He missed Baker. I mean Odell Beckham Jr. on a walk-in like seventy-yard touchdown, and I'm telling you, it, it it was barely in the screen the throw. It was so off target. Yeah, I, there is some weird, weird mental block with uh, with Baker throwing the ball to Odell. And yes, I thought he left a number of plays on the field the week before against the Bears. And then again, and it, it's it is strange. So yeah, I, Baker's holds the keys to the car here.
0: Uh, in this matchup, we'll see where it goes. You're going one way. I'm I'm going to go the other. And let me just say this real quick. I remember when they traded for Odo Beckham Jr. right after Baker Mayfield's rookie year, and he was kind of taking over as the new star in Cleveland. Right. I remember saying that that town's not big enough for both of those guys. And if they don't click right away, it's going to be a problem. I have a feeling they never clicked the right way in 2019, and we are still seeing the residual effects of that now in 2021. Chicago Bears at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, five-and-a-half-point underdogs, over-under of 44. Justin Fields now the starter for the Bears. Is that enough to get you to pick the Bears to move to 3-and-2? Chris. I'm, I'm torn with
2: this one. I'm gonna go with the Bears. I am. I, 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 the Bears defense. I mean, the Bears are they're weird. I, I don't know what to say. But I go Raiders offensive line not great. Bears D line can get after the quarterback pretty good this year. They can. I think they'll do a good job of kind of managing that Raiders offense, and then you know the Raiders defense uh, again. I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. I think the bear, the, the bear should be able to run the ball on the Las Vegas Raiders front. I do, you know, and then of course a little banged up at secondary. And I would hope there's a few little wrinkles with, with Justin Fields running the ball. But I mean, the bears finally had a plan of attack last week on the offensive side of the ball. They really did. There was an identity. I think it fits their team the best. Their offensive line and it fits Justin Fields the best and because of that this is one I'm I'm gonna go with an upset here I am I'm going out on a limb I'm going bears
0: 23 20 wow uh, I know I, I know I, yeah I we got some look, disagreements bears were a lot better against the lions in week four than they were in week three against the browns because the uh the lions are not the same team as yes. the Browns. Yes, Th- These two teams met a couple of years ago. The Raiders had an upset then, 24-21. It was the year after the Bears had been a division winner. It's not an upset this year, obviously, if the Raiders win. I just think the Raiders finally figuring out maybe how not to fall behind by two scores. If they can try to avoid falling behind 14-0 or 21-0, they can win this game. I'm just I I'm starting to believe in the Raiders. Even in their defeat, I like how they were resilient. When they fell behind 21 nothing, I think they carry that into this game. This is a gut feel for a, me, I'm Raiders doing the same thing. 27-17. I, I think they win. I think they cover. I know. It's, it's a tough one. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I got my
2: phone. I got a bunch of notes here in my phone. And one of the first things I wrote is, you know, Raiders over Bears, but not sure. And I had some other notes to go along with it. And, you know, as I sat down and wrote scores, I just went, eh. This could be one of those games that goes the other way, but please don't bet on this on my account if you're out there listening to this. This, this to me, is uh, just one of those
0: gut-feeling games I got in the Bears, yes. 49ers at the Cardinals. Cardinals, the last unbeaten team in the NFL. The 49ers a disappointing 2-2. Two and two. Started 2-0, two and oh, lost 2 in a row. We don't know if it's going to be Jimmy G. We don't know if it's going to be Trey Lance. The Cardinals are 5.5-point favorites with an over-under of 50. Chris, are you going with your 49ers? Or my Cardinals? It's I'm going with my party. 49ers. I am. I'm going to go with
2: the 49ers. I, I'm going to play the desperate card of the San Francisco 49ers a little bit. You know, the, the Cardinals defense, you know, it, it's a tale of, of two matchups. Last year, early in the year, they did a great job of kind of containing the Shanahan run game. Later in the year, they got totally obliterated by it. I just think between the desperation... The 49ers still very good up front. I I don't know what we're gonna see at quarterback. I I, I don't know where that is yet. I don't. Uh, even 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 if if it is Jimmy Garoppolo, I do think you're gonna see some Trey Lance plays in this game. I think they gotta like bring out the kitchen sink. And then the other aspect I'm going to say is I do think, again, I think the 49ers' defense is awesome other than they can't cause turnovers. But I think the way they play defense, a lot of shell coverages, so good up front, you know, the fast linebackers, I think that takes away a little bit of, hey, the Cardinals are a little bit better of a running team. Their screen game to the receivers outside I think is going to be hard against the Raiders, I mean, against the 49ers because of how fast they are. And I think the speed – of the front of the 49ers can contain Kyler Murray. I don't know. I thought that last week with the Rams and they would thought they would contain Kyler Murray a little bit better than they did. So, we'll see, but I'm going 49ers because I think it's a must-win football game for them.
0: I'm going 30 to 27 49ers. You probably were wishing that I would take the Cardinals in this game, I I'm thought not, you were cuz I'm with you. No. Yeah. This is correction weekend for the Cardinals. It's time. I mean, look look what happened to the Rams after they outclassed the Buccaneers. Boom, they lose. Cardinals, they outclass the Rams. Yes, it's time. It's time. This is not a team that is destined to win six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row. A loss is going to come somewhere, and it's going to come against a team that knows them well. And you, you know, you got to learn how to manage success. And I know that That's guys real. like J.J. Watt and you know other veterans are are trying to say all the right things, but. The 49ers are coming to town, and they are very desperate, and they're going to give the Cardinals everything they can handle, and I think they steal this one, twenty eight 28-23, and we restore some balance in the NFL, and we'll have no unbeaten teams no. after five weeks. What more can you ask for if you want parity no. one, one last right. thing
2: I just want to say there. One last thing, because I, I do think, like, hey, what you're saying, like, I, I do think people kind of swipe that under the rug a little bit much. The emotions, where you're at in the year, is a very real thing in the NFL. The desperation and, oh, we feel good, we're 4-0, and and we got confidence because we're 4-0, and and you know we think we're confident, that does not outweigh the team that's got a red hot poker up their ass and going, oh, shit, we got to win this damn game or we're in deep trouble. It does not. So I, that's why I'm I, I all over your point. And last thing is the Cardinals don't have enough – there's one issue. They don't have enough big people in the middle of their
0: defense, and that scares me against the 49ers. So that's why I go there too. My, my barber used to be my barber. He would call this, and you'll like this since you're a big JFK buff, he would call this a grassy knoll game. <laughs> that This is one of those games where the fix is in. Right. That the Cardinals can't be allowed to be too good, right. so they've got to lose this game. That's the <laughs> – right. That's the level of analytics my barber would use. It's I a like grassy knoll game. They're going to lose because the fix is in. Yeah. All right. Giants and the Cowboys. Seven and a half point favorites are the Cowboys. Giants come to town riding that overtime victory over the Saints. Fifty-two is the over/under. Who do you like in this one, Chris?
2: Well, I'm going to go Cowboys, but I'm only going Cowboys because of like Dak Prescott. I think this is. I think the Giants match up really well with the Cowboys. I do. You know, I think the Giants are big enough up front to kind of like, go, oh, hey. You know, we, we don't have to totally overcommit to stop the run. And, you know, I, I again, you know I think a little bit highly of that Giants defensive staff and their game plans, but here's the other side of it, too. The Giants offense has got it rolling. And the Cowboys defense, even though they cause a few turnovers, you know, every game, and that's been their big thing, you know, they, they let up a lot of big plays and yards. They do. You know, I don't, I don't even know. Statistically, I know they're – they're down there a little bit as far as defending the pass, and I'll look at the, that number again. And the Giants with the weapons and Kadarius, C- Tony's emergence, you know, Galladay, Ross, who can fly, you know, Evan Ingram, It's that's going to be a hard matchup with the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Cowboys really just because of the Dak Prescott, you know, factor and them being at home. But I think it's a close game. I'm going to go
0: 27-24. See, I, I think this is one where the Cowboys end up, busting the spread 31-21. I just feel like this is a Dak game because of what you mentioned. If the Giants have any success stopping the run, that's when they just go Dak overdrive. That's when Amari Cooper, who has had limited targets, C.D. Lamb, limited targets, spreading the ball around with not a lot of throws. There's going to be more throws this week. And this is going to be a very emotional game for Dak Prescott because it was week five last year, Giants at Cowboys, when his ankle was broken. He's going to be thinking about it, he's going to be feeling it and he's going to want to have a huge game to I think in in his mind and I know if I were him, if I were his age, if I were dealing with the challenges he dealt with over the last year, this would be the moment that I'm officially back and I'm going to come out and I'm going to show myself and everyone else that I'm back and it's going to require a double digit win with Prescott having a big game to make that happen. So that's that's my, you know, human reality of the week. Prescott has a huge game and the Cowboys win by ten. And I may take that as a best bet. That's a big spread, but I may, I may take that as a best
2: Cowboys are the second worst pass defense in football. That's all I just, I wanted to say, I knew it was down there. I just didn't know how far down.
0: Well, maybe that's one of the reasons why Trayvon Diggs has had five interceptions, the balls in the that's, you know, people, I know fall under the impression that it's, if a guy has a lot of interceptions, it means he's a great corner. No, it means that they're throwing at him a lot if and when they regard him as a great corner, he's never going to see the ball. Deion Sanders did not have many interceptions because they knew if they threw the ball in his direction, he's going to pick it off. All right. 100%. Let's take a break. Primetime games, Sunday night, Monday night, including an AFC Championship rematch on Sunday night football. More PFT PM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour right after. It's PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour, the joint Mega Picks podcast for week five. Apparently, you have a trivia question for me for some reason. All right. I don't understand. Well, go ahead.
2: We're sponsored by Under Armour. Okay. And the question is the only way is blank. The only way is blank.
0: Now, is this supposed to be some sort of. Under Armour tie-in. It is all I it can is. really do. Is the only, the only way is we must protect this house. <laughs> I like that. I like is that. that it? <laughs> no, that's not. It's
2: through. The only way is through. Right. Uh, that's what they That's their new slogan. That's their new.
0: You must protect this house. Uh, but I like that. You might be onto something there. I, I, what I see, the only way is. I think. Like, are they like, like pulling references from the Mandalorian? I. I just okay. I, I uh let's bring back we must protect this house. I, I like that very much, especially given my reality of the last eighteen months where I don't leave my house. we definitely must protect this house literally. Can the chiefs protect their house on Sunday night? Bill's come to town three point favorites are the chiefs against the hottest team in football fifty six and a half the highest over under for any game this season. Chris, who do you like? I'm surprised. I, I did not think the Chiefs were gonna be favored by three. I did I did not.
2: It makes sense. I just didn't think it. I do I mean, hey, listen, we all know the Bills are probably playing a little bit better football. There's no doubt. Bills defense arguably the best in football. I think statistically it is the best in football. I mean, Sean McDermott and company got it going on that side of the ball, no doubt. But it's a game of matchups. And I don't think their defense necessarily matches up perfectly with this Kansas City offense, especially if Kansas City continues to ride their assets or what what their team is built for, which is offense. You have an overpowering offensive line that should be able to run the ball as long as you will run the ball against every defense in football. I mean, they got some guys that are road graders and move everybody. Eagles defensive front, I think a lot of them, I really do. I mean, they got tore up last week. And I think that compromises McDermott and Leslie Frazier's ability to kind of crowd the line of scrimmage and always drop people into the areas you're trying to attack in the passing game. I think they're going to have to take a little different approach. I I, I would think Eddie Reed's going to be patient with that run game. You know, he could see the, the fruits of that labor last week with it brought the Eagles up a little bit at times and they got to hit some shots down the field too. And then there, that's where I go, the Bills, if there is a weakness to their defense, it's their cover people, their corners, not their safeties. They're great. The corners, though. And that's where I worry about them. And uh, so that that scares me. You know, the Chiefs' defense, not good. I know that. But the Bills' offense not hitting on all cylinders right now. You know, I know they've gone 75 to nothing the last two weeks. But the offense hasn't executed at the level – I'd like to see or what we saw last year I think the bills need to trade for a receiver at some point before, before the trade deadline to go all in on Super Bowl but I'm going I, I had it 31 28 so I'll change it and go 31 oh you got 31 30 damn I was gonna just say the same you're damn. about to take it too I'm you're gonna say to take- all right I'm gonna go 31 30 Chiefs as well I think they're gonna win a close football game here yeah their offense will just make some plays to win it at the very end
0: Yeah, and look, we're both taking the Chiefs to win, but the Bills to cover. I was tempted to take the Bills to win. I just don't think in Kansas City they're ready to do it. In Buffalo, I'd sign on, just like the Ravens. They finally got the Chiefs out of Kansas City and beat them barely. If the Bills could get the Chiefs out of Kansas City for a game like this, now they got them last year, but it was rainy, it was weird. Remember that was one of the extra Monday Tuesday, night games was, oh, during the pandemic. Night, right. It was just a goofy doubleheader. It was doubleheader. It was a five o'clock game, and then we got the real Monday night game after that. But th- this in Kansas City, the Chiefs can't. They can't fall to two and three. Not in that division. That that's you know the same kind of desperation that's creeping into the Forty ers I think the Chiefs find a way to win this one, and they get two, three, and two. All right, Monday night football. The Colts go back to Baltimore, but not in a Mayflower moving van. Uh, That was 1984 when they packed up and left in the middle of the night. The Ravens are now seven-point favorites in this one, over under a 46. Do the Ravens cover, Chris? I don't think they do.
2: I I, I think the Colts match up well with the Ravens in a lot of ways. Um, You know, I do think Carson Wentz in the passing game has found a little bit of a groove. It's not perfect yet, and – I, I'm, I keep thinking the run game's going to come around, and we saw a little last week with the Colts' offensive line. So I, I do think that they're they're going to be a little bit more of a pain in the butt for the Ravens' defense than maybe we expect. And the other thing is, is you know, the the Colts are a team that's going to play a lot of seven and eight guys at the line of scrimmage. They kind of try to scare you out of the run game with some of their defensive looks. You know, they do have speed in the front that I think plays into their favor as far as containing Lamar Jackson. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Colts, like, upset the Ravens. I would not. But I don't have the guts to pick that. I don't. Not at this point. So I'm going Ravens
0: 24-20 here. I uh, I, I clearly think the Ravens are the better team. Yeah. And the Colts did wake up last week. Yeah. And I got burned by picking the Dolphins to pick – uh, to beat the Colts, but now the Colts are in the win column. We have to take them seriously or more seriously than we were. I, I just think that that John Harbaugh, I believe, is pissed off about all the criticism he got for the running play that matched the Steelers streak of 43 games with a hundred or more rushing yards. By the way, Mike Cliss of nine news in Denver has a story where neither Frank O'Harris nor Rocky Blyer were even aware of, of that record and they're the two guys responsible Ugh. for the 100-yard rushing game streak but I just think that Harbaugh is going to be even more pissed off more focused more determined and even though it's not Vic Fangio or the Broncos they're going to take it out on the Colts on Monday night I think they win I think they cover and I think it's methodical and you know we've been spoiled by some good primetime games I have a feeling this isn't going to be a good one 27-16 is my final score
2: I just don't know what to think. Like, the Ravens, to me, are a little confusing. They are. It was a good win last week, but, you know, it's not dominant. The week before, you know, easily could have lost to Detroit. They're a little all over the place. But, yeah, I mean, they just they got a way about
0: them. A way 16. about them that the they Colts by, don't have, you know. They won by 16. That's right, right. We got I a know. break. Yep, break. Best bets and Folsom Prison Blues pick when this joint collaboration of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton presented by Under Armour turns right after this we must pftpm and chris sims on button presented by under armor it's time for our best bets and you know i've seen some criticism that we only take the chocolate these are our best plays of the week and i don't i i look at it I look at it from the standpoint of which one is screaming out to me, and usually the point spread is too low. That's what it is this week, frankly. Chris, give me your first one.
2: Well, I mean, I'm going to go like chalk. Like, okay, I'm 8-4, and four, so, like, you know, kiss my butt. I don't know what to say on best bets. How about that, all right? Kiss my white chalky butt. All right, so here we go. Thank you for that. No problem. All right, first one is I'm going with the Saints. That's my first bet of, best bet of the week. I do. I think the, the Saints are going to be pissed off with the way they played. I hope they – Correct their defensive game plan, and I have no faith in Washington's defense.
0: I look uh, pull the pull the arm on the uh, what do they call that thing? Slot machine. Uh, we're matched so far. I'm taking the Saints as well. Point spread's too low. One point too low. The first time I look at it, and I say, "Holy crap! They're only a one point favorite. Too low. Saints win." All right, number two.
2: I have a feeling we might be on the same page here too. I'm going with the 49ers. I do the desperation game. The way they match up with the the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals' run defense does scare me against this group. You know, yeah, they're riding high, 4-0. and I just think that the 49ers match up very well with the Cardinals, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball. So
0: I'm going with the Cardinals. Five-and-a-half too much for me. Panthers minus three-and-a-half at home against the Eagles. Panthers, Panthers a better team, and uh, they're looking to reestablish after what happened against Dallas. So I think they easily cover, whether it's three or three-and-a-half, whatever it is. Panthers cover. Ah, uh, I know. That's that. I, I I hear you. This is where I'm torn between my last one.
2: I I, I really am. <sighs> I don't know whether to go with the Panthers or the Giants. I I, I want there's I want to go with both. Really, I'm gonna go with the Panthers too. I'm gonna go with the Panthers. Is no, no no no. I'm changing. I'm going Giants. That's the one I said I was gonna go with. I'm going with it. I think I will not be shocked if the Giants pull off the upset. I'm going Giants. Screw the Panthers. One. I don't know why. I'm just a little scared there.
0: This last pick for me is in deference to the fact that I've been in and around Pittsburgh almost all of my entire life. This is not a game the Steelers lose. I know I've said that before and they've lost, but I mean it this time. This is not a game they lose. Steelers, one-point favorite over the Broncos. I like them. All right, give me your Folsom Prison pick. Uh, The the Patriots over the Texans? Yeah, New England. Same one every week. Yeah, Yeah, New England. All right. Well, I think we're, we're perfect on that. We're perfect. On other things, not quite so perfect. Enjoy the games. We'll see you next day.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70yard field goal. It probably won't go well.